Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm back. Did you forget how to open it? <laughs> I forgot how to open it. This is, I forgot what I'm supposed to say, Shell. I'm joined by my... I, I'm Malcolm Reed from How to Barbecue Right. I'm joined by my lovely and talented wife, Miss Southern Shell. Shell, we're back. How are you? We're back. Y'all told me this is season seven. Season seven, isn't that Episode crazy? Episode one, man. That's six years in the book. If you'd have told me I was going to podcast for seven years, I would have said, "No, you're crazy. There ain't no way who'd listen to that long." <laughs> <laughs> I'm still confused by that one. <laughs> yeah. You sure it's been seven years? This has been seven year seven. This will be. It has been six. Okay. Yeah. Six full seasons. Yeah. Lucky number seven. Any idea on the episode count? No, I definitely know we have more than. I think it's two hundred. Wow. But I don't know the exact number, so we'll count for next time. That's a lot of hours. The reason why I ask is because I saw. You know, everybody's been commenting on the Facebook page of where we've been, something wrong with us or whatever. And if you've been listening for a long time, you know we take a, we talk about it the last episode of the previous season always that we take a break during the holidays. Like, and it's not a break, like Christmas week, yes, but yeah. we're still working the week. Well, some of us are. Malcolm right. is. Hunting. I'm working. I mean, this hunting gig is is turning into a real deal too. So, <laughs> but we take a break from filming and. um Barbecue-related stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, what are you going to do in January? For I mean, a whole week, we were snowed in. Yeah. We had some good cold weather this year. Enough. Like, I don't want to see any more snow. I'm ready good. for some sunshine, some sand. Did you have a nice break? I had a great break. Deer season flew by. Um, man, we had a blast. Did a, We did make some content. We've been making content down at the farm. Yeah. Doing, uh, you know, hunting stuff. But uh, got to go on some trips. You got to go to Mossy Oak. Um, I got to go to Mossy Oak again, and that was just kind of spur of the moment thing. Hey, Vandy, buddy from down there, called me up and said, man, we got a group coming in. You want to come shoot some recipes with some of the stuff and do some cooking? So I was like, heck, yeah. I had a black – I got to go. I think it was, bef- it was it's right during the pandemic or right before it. That's a, It was – it's been oh, several two years. years ago? Yeah, it's been several years when I got to go the first time. I don't remember if we were masked up or – It was right – after it had to be right yeah in, yeah. yeah it had to be right in there. end of 2020 because it was like yeah. right when i started yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so that's been yeah that's ago. right but how long I, have you been here <laughs> going on four years oh really so three, three in the books yeah okay so it's been three years ago yeah. but um while. so why did you what did you cook while you were there i cooked um well the first that morning i did a wild boar sausage breakfast casserole What's wild? Kind of feeding because they had you got to think there's a bunch of guys there's like the, the guys from Onyx were there which is like a hunting app mapping app so they were there shooting some videos and they bring in they had another chef there from St Louis uh, they had did he um, do videos like yeah he did? yeah he did some videos too one day and they did uh, they had a country music guy an up and coming country music guy down there and and they had me <laughs> and so it was like I took one day like one day was my day to film so I did I got up that morning. I did a breakfast casserole because while I'm doing my videos, people are out hunting. When they come back, you know, they feed them. So usually they cook, you know, they cooking some other stuff in the kitchen too. But So I, you're not just cooking just what you need for the recipe. You're cooking for camp too. Well, kind of. Because, yeah. I mean, there's other guys cooking stuff too that, that are with Mossy Oak. They're in the kitchen cooking and I'm outside doing the videos. But whatever I have, I make enough to where everybody can eat some of it. And they did, man. It was like they wiped that breakfast casserole out. That's normally how it is at 
hunting camp. It, it is. No matter what you serve, it's guys. getting ate out. Yeah, it's getting ate up. And I did that. I did um, some. I did a po' boy, but I did it with some of their uh, gator meat. So it was an alligator po' boy. How'd you do that? We. I took that gator. It was like. So what kind of gator? What is it? I mean, is it? It's alligator tail, tail meat. Okay. Yeah, it's tail. It's all tail meat. And um, they, it they sell it at Gamekeeper Butchery. So if you go to Mossy Oak and go to their Gamekeeper Butchery, you can find all this meat and stuff that I cook there. And it came, I guess it comes, it was it was already thought out when I got it, but I'm assuming they ship it froze. It's like a couple pound pack. You cut it up and it's pieces of alligator tail. And I cut it up into smaller pieces. So when of, you get it, is it like a slab of alligator tail? Yeah, kind of. I mean, it was cut up into pieces, you know, What's bigger that? pieces. I would say, you know, about the size of a steak or something like that. Okay. Okay. You know, smaller steak, like a filet. Think of a filet, like eight ounce filet. I'd say it's probably about those size pieces. Okay. And then I, and then I took them and cut them down into more, almost like gator nuggets, mm-hmm. like the size of a shrimp or something. Cause that's what I was thinking. Po' boy. You know, shrimp yeah. po' boy, crawfish po' boy, they kind of fry that stuff up, put it on there. And that's that's what I did with alligator. I took it and I cut it up into pieces about, you know, the size of your thumb, something like that. And then I marinated it in some buttermilk, some hot sauce. How long did you marinate? Um, Maybe an hour, hour and a half. So it wasn't too long. Just, you know, long enough to let that buttermilk acid work on it a little bit. And then I took it and seasoned up some uh, seafood batter. It was just Louisiana seafood batter. But I seasoned it with a little King Crawl. I seasoned the meat with a little AP, put it in that, did a little egg wash in the batter, deep fried it. Man, I'm telling you what, I'm not just a huge, huge fan, or I wasn't just a huge, huge fan of Gator. But this was the absolute best that I've ever ate. And the people were eating it as fast as I was frying it before I could even build the sandwich. And I I mean, we did a pretty good bit. Like I did enough to make several po' boys and then Mikey went with me and helped. He was kind of my sous chef, and so he fried up a bunch of it when I got through doing that video because I had to start getting ready for the next one, and we fed them all the gator they brought. I mean, it was a good, it was a big pan of fried gator, and I made a remoulade sauce, and I did it like a traditional po' boy. Uh, Vandy had gotten some po' boy bread. That's that Leidenheimer's po' boy bread. Oh, he got the actual Yeah, one. yeah. yeah. And we cut it, toasted it a little bit. Remoulade sauce, the lettuce, tomato, pickle, piled high with gator, more remoulade sauce, a little hot sauce. And made a sandwich. There'll be videos of this. I know they'll be putting them out on the mossy oak stuff. I'm sure we'll share it. But we'll put them out on ours too, I'm sure. Was the gator tender after his yes. fried? So I think the, the buttermilk and the hot sauce worked on it. Um, because, you know, when you cook, we've cooked the whole gator when Ninja came. And the gator's good, but it's just not the best thing. I mean, you know, it's it's really more about the stuffing and stuff he puts in it that yeah. makes it so good. <laughs> gator itself is just, you know, it just I wasn't crazy about the texture. It gets smoking it. Yeah, like lizards that. can be a little. Yeah, lizards can be a little chewy. different, a little chewy. But when you fry them, you marinate them and fry them, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. People say it tastes like chicken. It really it didn't taste like chicken to me. It might have, when you fry it like that, it might have a little bit of a chicken texture, but it's more of a cross between like a fish or something like that. The texture was Does to me. Does it flake a little? A little bit, a little bit, yeah. Um. Do you think iguana is the same way? Man, I don't know. I, when we went to that squirrel cook-off, they were cooking. Somebody brought a bunch of, I don't know if they were test iguanas or where they got <laughs> But there was a bunch of iguanas there they were cooking. I didn't try them. At least if I did, I didn't know it. <laughs> I mean, but I would imagine it's got to be similar, right? I would think they were kind of, you know. Yeah, I just think that's probably how all reptiles. Like, you ate turtle. I don't know if I've never ate turtle, but you ever ate turtle meat? Not that I can remember. There is supposed to be like this delicious turtle meat. soup. 
in New Orleans. Who is it? Uh, uh which I don't one know. of them yeah. has a del- supposed to be like the best turtle soup, and I'd like to try it, yeah, just to see. But no, I don't think I've ever had it. I don't, I've never had it. I think they had it. Sometimes Tim has it at the parish yeah. in town. Next time but, I see it there, I'll yeah, get it. You'll try the turtle soup. Yeah. Um, it's reptiles, not my favorite animal to eat. Any of them. I mean, pig is much better. Cow, definitely. <laughs> Chicken blows it away. <laughs> <laughs> but you can live off of them if you had to. But that fried gator is pretty dang good. Um, what else? Did you cook anything else? Yeah. And then like the last thing I did was uh, elk tomahawk steaks. And if you've never had elk, it is. I would. It, it's close. It's close. Cause I've had some other good stuff. I've had some axis deer that's right up there with the elk. But elk was always, you know, one of my favorite species of venison, I guess you would say. Because, you know, whitetail, we eat whitetail all the time. It's, it's a, a deer that we have here in Mississippi. But it just doesn't compare to the way elk taste. It's so tender. Every yeah. time you've cooked elk, it's been like super tender. It is it all like that? I mean, the elk I've had is. Yeah. And the and most of the time when I've cooked it, I've gotten lucky in cooking the backstrap or the loin of it. That's true. I've had some ground oak, and the ground oak's good too. But once it's ground, I can't tell much difference, and it could be any kind of venison at that point. But backstrap to backstrap, elk is way better than whitetail. Whitetail's good. I love it. But elk just blows it away because the texture-wise, it's it's closer to like beef tenderloin. You get that soft texture on it, and it's, the meat has a really good flavor if you don't overcook it. And so that's what I did. I I pretty much scared them in a iron skillet. Threw some butter in there, you know, seared, got them seasoned up, and I just you well, know, how how thick it. were they? Um, they're not super thick. They're you know maybe three quarters of an inch. To an inch. Is it kind of like a lamb chop size? Yeah, yeah. It's about like a lamb chop. Okay. About like a lamb chop with the long, you know, long herb bone. Yeah. Um, and that's that's basically what they look like. And so usually when we served them, I'd serve you get two or three elk chops on the plate with some taters and some asparagus. That's what I did. Like herb roasted taters. What do you call that? The World Food Championship Special? <laughs> yeah, it's the World Food Special. <laughs> that's what it is. I had it last night at the golf course. It's uh, steak. Potato. Steak potatoes and a green or something in asparagus. asparagus. Yeah, with some kind of sauce. <laughs> a little demi-gloss. But the elk was fantastic. And doing it, I mean, you do it in our skillet, it gets a nice sear on it. Then throw in some butter and some, you know, some rosemary, a little thyme, garlic. Splash it when you flip it. And keep butter basting it until it gets to like 120, 122. And then take them off and eat them rare. And they just... Oh, it just melts in your mouth. It's so good. Did everybody so good. get to have an elk top? No. Uh, I don't think everybody did, but a lot of people did. There wasn't any left. Well, yeah. We did cook a bunch of, like, we cooked, uh, they had a bunch of other, like, different cuts that we just cooked for people to eat, too. So there was one same, day, did you cook them the same way? Just Yeah, yeah. We had some big, like, we had some big wild boar chops, and I was kind of, you know, I'm not, You're weird. wild boar, yeah, is not one of my favorite things to eat, but that was, it was really good. I think um, Butcher Barbecue. David scared me on the wild boar. Yeah. Cause he said he won't touch them. If he processes wild game and he don't want to touch them, that makes me a little weary <laughs> too. He's like, man, do I want to mess with this stuff? If somebody that's a pro, you know, <laughs> talks about it, but I mean, they do have a hog problem. So it's great that people are eating them. It's mm-hmm. just, I don't know about the diseases they carry. It kind of scares me, but you can get some kind of worm, heartworm, but you can't get rid of, and it's not from eating the meat. It's from handling it. Like if you got to open, 
you got an open wound or something and you get some of the blood and that, that, that wild boar or wild hog happens to have that parasite in it and it gets in your skin, it can get in your heart and there's no cure for it. But if you were to take it and cook it, if you processed it. The cooking it's fine. Eating it's fine. I've, I've been told. I don't know if they've done studies on this yeah, or what. Yeah. They probably probably should come with like an oyster, uh, oyster warning. Well, you eat this at your own risk because we don't know what it's going to do to you. <laughs> Would you eat it knowing that? Uh, You're a little adventurous. <laughs> depends on who's cooking it. You know the Where best I? thing I had there? And I don't, I can't, I need to ask Fandy. He told me, and I can't remember the name of the company, but it's in Alabama. It's a distribution company, but they get a lot of fresh seafood and different meats and things like that. And he bought a piece of yellowfin tuna loin and he made um, a tuna ceviche with it. But he, now you're talking about, I mean, they just flew it in that day and then brought it out there. And he said, have you ever ate tuna? And I was like, I've never ate it. Just I've had it at a sushi restaurant. Mm-hmm. But I don't know when they get it or where they get it, but I eat it. But he got it and sliced it and put a little, had a little wasabi, a little soy sauce in the bowl. And you just, as soon as you cut that tuna off, you just dipped it in there. And man, it was, oh, it was so good. It's pandemonium. It really was. I was like, man. I'm kind of surprised you ate it. I, I've been like raw fish. No, I don't eat raw. I always like cooked uh, sushi and stuff. But I've come around to it. And I've come around to that flavor of that fish right out of the water. Oh, oh, man. It's just nothing compares yeah. to it. It's not fishy at all. There's no fishiness to it. It's so fishy. What, what would you call that? Sashimi, I guess. Tuna, if you're eating it that I way. Yes, I think so. But he did a ceviche with it, which was like, it was it was chopped up pretty fine. And then it was mixed with like onion and I guess cilantro. cilantro. Yeah, avocado, avocado stuff yeah. like that. Dressed it, had some soy sauce in it. And it was, it was really, really good. And then he made a West Indies salad one night, which I'd never had. Which See, was, y'all just ate off this piece of tuna. No, 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 it wasn't. It, it wasn't tuna. It was a uh, crab, like lump crab. Ooh. And it was. It's really simple. It's like lump crab, uh, white onion, a um, little bit of seasoning, and like vinegar and water. That's all it is. So it's like a. It's almost like a pickled crab, but it's a salad, and you let it sit in that marinade a little bit, and then you eat it like on crackers. And that was really good too. I got to look that one up. Yeah. That would be a good. Good little recipe to, to do for something because you could top that or do other stuff with it, or it's a good little appetizer. I can see that being good on an oyster. Yeah. Oh, it definitely it definitely would because it'd be like crab in that minuet sauce. Mm-hmm. So, lost my water. You know, I almost forgot to introduce your co-host. Oh, we do. We have a new co-host for the show. Thanks to my man Eric. <laughs> Dropped him off. He gave him a ride. <laughs> I wonder if he got some looks going down the interstate or that. We turn over here, introducing my man, Straight George. Uh, at Christmas time, somebody dropped off a life-size cutout. Of George, George Strait. Strait. You know, we'd always, that would always been kind of a running joke. I would say we were doing stuff at the shop, and George Strait's going to be here. And we just got kind of ran with it. And he showed up. <laughs> he sure did. Took four seasons, basically. Where do you think this came from? I don't see, like, it hyping think- Wrangler or anything <laughs> like that. One of his big brands. <laughs> I think his wife. Uh, it works in like some kind of promotion where they did it. Yeah. It's hey, who else do you know has got a George Strait life size cutout? <laughs> he's co-hosting the show. He's pretty quiet, but he's got some good songs out there. If y'all ever want to check out some of his tunes, <laughs> I guess it's on iTunes. Huh? You also hosted the first private event at the Smokehouse. We did. We did. Um, it was our winner of our Palmer Home contest. Our buddy Luke. 
and he came down, uh, brought some of his brother, brought his brothers with him. So it was what four total guys? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And y'all had enough room down there? Oh yeah, yeah. It was part. It was excellent, man. We had a blast. It went by fast. Um, they came in on a Friday. We cooked a big dinner Friday, man. We did some, we did some uh, beef tenderloins, just on the mammoth on the on the new. Uh, still, uh, oh yeah, I'm gonna ask you about that grill yeah. too. Man, they were they were melt in your mouth they were awesome i did a big old thing of mushroom sauteed mushrooms with them we cooked some potatoes to get world food special kind of <laughs> <laughs> what was your green <laughs> we didn't have a green of that one we didn't have a green but i made a big charcuterie just brown board. On brown on brown. yeah we had a big charcuterie board and then we had meat taters and mushrooms and, and bread, bread and butter yeah yeah and then so tell me how you did this uh beef tenderloin Oh, it's super easy. We just seasoned it. Stuck so it on you that took pit, the whole beef tenderloin, right? Trimmed it up. You know, get all the silver skin off, take the chain off, dock it on the end so it's about an even size piece of meat. Um, we shot it up full of beef beef uh, broth. To give just it, beef broth? Uh, beef broth and a little bit of uh, swine-like prime beef. And then we seasoned outside with a little prime beef and a little hot rub. You know, just a, tip, yeah, more- a little texture, a little steak rub for some texture. Threw it on the pit, put a probe in it. 125, take it off and let it rest. No sit, no, no sit. Now, keeping it low too. We cooked it like 225. The How whole long time. did it take? Um, mm, probably two, two hours, maybe Dang, two and a half okay. hours. Not know. long. I mean, not real, real long. I mean, it's longer than it normally fast. takes. Yeah. yeah, normally I've been cooking an hour and a half because I'll crank the temp up. But, you know, there's this whole thing where, oh, you got to, you can reverse sear it, like you season it. You got to take it off, and you got to sear it. Well, on that on a pellet grill, and I don't know if this is the same case for because it, it doesn't really do it on the drum or doesn't really do it on a you know an old hickory or something like that. It, it's good. You got to have a grill that's moving some air. Convection, yeah, it, it, because that pellet grill is moving a lot of air, and so it does give it a decent bark and sear on the outside without having to go back and get it on the high heat. Because that's typically people would take them and put them on a grill and, you know, roll yeah. them and sear them off. And I've done it like that. It's fine. But this way is so much easier. And from edge to edge, tip to tip, whatever you want to call it, the doneness is the same across that whole beef loin. How long did y'all let it rest? Once it oh, shoot. Off? It probably rested two hours. I think that's really what makes it. It rested as long as it cooked because we, we put it on because we knew we wanted to rest it because we had done something. I think I, I'd done one for our family mm-hmm. back during Christmas. And Mark had done some for, you know, for his holidays. And so he was like, man, let's, those turned out so good for both of us. Let's just, and mine just came from Walmart. But I mean, this it's one, easier than trying to cook everybody a ribeye. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a filet. But it goes a long way, too, because when you slice them, you don't slice like an eight ounce or a 10 ounce piece. You kind of do it in medallions. You can get as many of them as you want. But we wiped that dude out. I mean, it was, we did, we did some eating. It was good. It was really good. Do you make sure you get your potato baked potatoes to two oh two? Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> I did this, that's the shell method. You got to temp your taters, and then cut the oven off and just let them hang out in there, and they are just perfect. Yeah, they're just fall apart. So then, so that was Friday night, and so Mark Williams was there from yeah. Fine Life. Mark stayed. Mark and Jamie came. But Jamie went rabbit hunting, so he he didn't spend the night. And Jay uh, Craig from Jay Craig from Outlaw came down and he uh he helped out a ton. Like Jay helped us out in the kitchen, helped us cook and everything. And so the next day, the main thing was we were want to show him how to cook on the outlaw. That's why Jay came. He builds the pits. Yeah, because Luke won yeah. an outlaw and a lesson. Yeah, that's on right. How to that's cook right. How to cook. So pretty much we went through chicken, ribs, pork butt or money mussels, and 
uh, brisket, a Wagyu brisket. So we cooked the Wagyu brisket, we cooked these beautiful, I don't remember, Prairie Fresh Primes, I think the butts were, and then Mark trimmed the money muscles out like you would for a contest. And we did the Prairie Fresh ribs, St. Louis cut ribs, and then he'd been doing chicken wings. And so it showed him how to do competition style wings, which were just flats. Oh, that's what I was going to yeah. ask. Are they holes flats? I he fried did. up the drums. <laughs> like Mark trimmed them off. He said, we're going to do these. You want me to cook them? I said, so he's Man. turning in just flats? Yeah. Yeah. Just flats. Nothing else. Flats no no thighs. Right. No nothing. No thighs. No nothing. Just flats. You can't mess them up. <laughs> I mean, personally, that's my favorite. Well, if you think of the chicken wing, but if you think about it, when that judge gets that bite, I mean, the flat skin's usually going to do just right. You can cook them super tender. It's just, it's really just two bites anyway. Yeah. So there's not it's, too much to judge you on, and that what's to judge you down? Because it's still really good, tender, juicy, juicy, delicious chicken. So it makes sense to me. How many, how many does he put in the box? As many as you can get, but it's usually about eight, I think. Okay. Like two rows of four, maybe. So he's using some pretty big. Yeah, yeah. You buy the whole wings and you cut them down yeah. yourself. So it makes a, a pretty good size wing. They look good. They look great in a box. Now, we didn't build boxes. We built a board. <laughs> there's a picture of it floating yeah, around somewhere. Yeah, there's a great uh, yeah. video that we need to share. Yeah, because we put, I mean, we, you know, we shredded up some of the money muscles, shredded up some of the brisket, but we had, we made burn ins two ways, like sauce like you would for a competition. They were kind of sweet and got that, you know, and then we had just regular when that when that point got tender and you went to cube it and don't do nothing else to it, just season it a little bit. Those are the ones that oh, I want. Man, I couldn't quit eating them. <laughs> they make you so sick eating that yeah. stuff. It is so good. I mean, the brisket flats is awesome, don't get me wrong, but it don't have nothing on a really good point. You also said that those are some of the best ribs. Yeah, and you know the crazy thing is to me, the the ribs were the best. Like that was when I because I was like, right, Mark, I'm, I'm going to be non biased. Mark's got his yeah, he's rib, got it dialed in. Right, rib that, recipe dialed in. That and there's something about that pit at the at the smokehouse. Like I don't care what we've cooked on it. It has turned out. I don't know if it's just where it's sitting. If it's drawing air right. If it's just it's got some kind of blessing on it. I don't know what <laughs> it is. If it's the glass door, something makes that pit cook good, and it's easy to run. It just wants to sit there and do its thing. You know? It's happy where it's at. It's happy where it's at. I would be, too, if that's where I had to stay. It's all covered up. Uh, nice. Yeah, not in the weather. But, yeah, it turned out fantastic. But ribs were my number one. Like, I was being non-biased. I'm going to just, what I think. Yeah. Ribs blow me away. Couldn't find anything wrong with them. Brisket point was next. Brisket flat was after that. Chicken wings was after that. And the weak link was money muscle, and it was fire. <laughs> but when you had to put something in last place and you have to put money muscle, you know you've had some good food. And probably pork is probably the thing we eat the mo- most you know, the of. The pulled yeah, pork. Yeah, but yeah. but it was, that's just the way it shook out for me. But I also, I fried up. So I fried up those drums, and we had those to snack on. Because we didn't really – we cooked a giant breakfast that morning. Biscuits, gravy, the whole Y'all nine yards. Oh, we did some eat. Yeah. You know, we're going. I love having it people. Might not be the best accommodations. <laughs> it might not, might not be the best lessons, but I guarantee you're going to eat and eat and eat. I Hurt lo- yourself. I love entertaining people that when you put out a big spread, they eat. Enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. They, they want to enjoy a yes. good glass of whiskey. They want to. Oh, we did that down. too. <laughs> I love entertaining people that enjoy <laughs> the that finer things in life. We didn't do Bloody Marys. That was the one thing we did, nobody did. Oh, I, guess, I had got stuff for y'all to do. I know. We had Mary. the stuff to do it, and we just didn't. Nobody really wanted one. Yeah. 
But we had the big breakfast, and then at lunch, I cooked. What's the, big breakfast? Uh, sausage, bacon, gravy, biscuits, eggs, that's belted cheese. That's the that's the Williams special. Belted cheese for breakfast to put on your biscuit. So he took like oh oh oh, oh and I fried I uh, fried the uh, true pork tenderloins. I battered and fried them. We cut them up. Tenderize them just a little bit. How'd you tenderize them? This is a meat mallet. Okay. Just put them out on a board, a little plastic wrap over them, hit them a little bit. I didn't go, I mean, it's tenderloin. You don't have to do too much to it, but it flattens it out, you know, gives you a little bit better piece. So it's the actual tenderloin. Yeah, the little ones, the two-pack. I had some in the freezer, and I was like, man, but these guys have never had tenderloin for breakfast. So tenderloin with gravy is one of the finer things in life. Had they ever had tenderloin gravy? No, they had never had it like that. Yeah. But I had fired up my deep fryer outside, and I went outside, you know, kind of battered them up, uh, egg wash flour, dropped them in there. So we had a platter of that, deep fried tenderloin. Then we had bacon. Then we had sausage. Then we had gravy. <laughs> then we had eggs. Then we had melted cheese. And we had biscuits. So you would take your biscuit and bust it open, and then you'd put you a piece of tenderloin on there, and then you'd ladle that gravy over the top, and then you'd put you some melted cheese on it, and then a little egg, too, and then put that top biscuit on, and you had... Oh man, it was so good. You didn't even get to the rest of it. And then you had the you had bacon, bacon and side. sausage yeah. and eggs on the side. Yeah, yeah. It was good. It was really good. So then y'all went to cook and barbecue. Then we went to cook and barbecue. Yeah. And then so we also had some sausages. We did like a sausage and cheese board for lunch and I fried some uh, I fried those wing the wing drums and then um I fried a bunch of pork skins because we did the pimento cheese with the smoked sausage with the pickle on the pork skin. So, it's hard to beat them fresh. Oh, they're still popping. Yeah. They never had those fresh like that either. So that was something cool. Did they like those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are addictive when they you are. start they're popping good. them. They're still they're low carb too. <laughs> Sounds like y'all were very concerned yeah, we were very about concerned that. About that about weekend. The carbs that weekend. <laughs> but no, we had a blast. That was a good time. That was a really good time. And then for dinner, it was all barbecue. Just bar- yeah. And Mark made so you had bought mini cheesecakes for Friday night's dessert. Mm-hmm. And then Just from the local Mark made those little individual creme brulees that he makes in the sous vide. Man, those things are so good. That is such a good idea. Yeah, it's a perfect little dessert. Yeah. It's a perfect size. So there, it's basically, he makes a custard. Yeah. And pours it into a mini jar. Mini mason jar. Mini like mason a little jelly jar. jar. Yeah. Um, and then he just puts them in a fridge until he's so, ready to cook them. And yeah. then he drops them in a sous vide, right? Yeah, or, he says they're better if they sit overnight. So he sous vide them on Friday, and then let them sit overnight in the fridge after oh, they're done. So and you could we, go ahead and sous vide them, and then keep them in the yeah, fridge. yeah, yeah. I don't know how many days they'd last, but they did fine. I, mean, I bet you they'd last two or three easy. Yeah, but after they come out of the fridge, because you know you eat creme brulee kind of cold anyway. Yeah, but then you torch the sugar on top. So he takes the lid off, sprinkles brown sugar or turpentine sugar on it, gets out the little brulee torch. And fires it up, and it makes this little caramel crust right on top of it, a little melted sugar. And to go with all that barbecue, you ain't going to find anything finer. I know, because I love creme brulee. It's like one of my favorites. Yeah. And you think of it as being like some fancy schmancy dessert, you know? Yeah, you only yeah. get it fine dining. Yeah, right. But it's that, really not that, that ge- I mean, that's genius how Mark yeah. does it. The sous vide is. I put really them all on, idea. I had them all on the blue plate mayonnaise. They, <laughs> had to eat mayonnaise. We do have a um, blue plate. It's like a giant blow up mayonnaise. It's technically a pool float. <laughs> they call them fluffy. Fluffy. Yeah, okay. That's like the nickname. It is kind it. of fluffy mayonnaise. I get that. 
Anyway, we got to blow one up and get one in here. How big is week. it? I have have I seen it blown up? I don't think I have. I, I mean, if you if you were in a pinch, you could probably sleep on it one night. <laughs> is it flat or is it round like a mayonnaise jar? No, it's like a pool float, like oh. a big flat pool float. Okay, that's the size of a giant mayonnaise jar. <laughs> Imagine this, flat like a float. <laughs> You know, what if we took that to the beach with us? What was <laughs> <laughs> they would know where you stand. It's a guy that enjoys a good sandwich. You get in the resort pool with yeah. a giant blue plate float. <laughs> Just knocking people out of the I way. I bet you they don't have blue plate in the Caribbean. That's their loss. I know I'd be trying to party with that guy. <laughs> the mayonnaise man? Blue plate float. Me <laughs> too. I'd be eyeballing that one. So how much mayonnaise did you use during the holiday, Shell? We're about we're we're down to the last jar at Smokehouse. I mean, you're constantly gotta rebuy. Yeah. If I don't have two bo- jars in the pantry, so I get a little nervous. Yeah. But then you want to squeeze one too. What's the squeeze one for? For crackers and miscellaneous mayonnaise and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for your like, sandwiches and your you know yeah. your quick grabs. The jars are for recipes and. Does Blue Plate have pouches? That'd be one thing I don't you could think use. so. I've never seen them. Be like purse mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep it in here. Like Chick-fil-A packs. Chick-fil-A doesn't. They don't do good keeping in the car. Mm-mm, they they turn to oil. Yeah. Get gross. Uh, but if you are choosing mayonnaise this weekend, make sure to choose Blue Plate. It's the best mayonnaise on the planet. Since quality since 1927. Real mayonnaise made with real egg yolk. And real love. And real love. <laughs> <laughs> It's a New Orleans tradition. Hashtag best the good stuff. <laughs> um, so this week we released a video, a chili video. Well, we got back to filming. Yeah. Let's talk about why we take a break. <laughs> it's just a good time, right? <laughs> why do we take a break? Because you say, I've had enough. Yeah, because so I don't, <laughs> so I don't go postal on somebody. <laughs> it, 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 usually, well, usually it's not so much me. I'm not going to point any fingers here. <laughs> Tyler, I think no better. About- yeah, I think I'm not talking about Tyler. <laughs> he probably needs a break too, though. And Jacob, <laughs> but yeah, no, we so we always take that break, y'all. And uh, but it's time to get back to it. And so we came back hard this week, and we're trying. I don't know how many pieces of content we created. It felt like twenty, but it was a bunch this week. It was seventeen this week, including Buck Junkie. Yeah. Oh, so t- uh, total pieces of content plus this podcast. Does that count? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But that was a busy week. We filmed all week. We did some cool stuff. I mean, well, see, here's what the deal is. We got Super Bowl coming up. You know, that's a major holiday in my book. Then we've got Mardi Gras. Another my yeah, major holiday. It's another, yeah. That's another for Blue Plate and for yeah. the South. <laughs> <laughs> so we had, you know, we had two things we had to squeeze in there. And Valentine's Day. And Valentine's Are we it, doing? That's like all within like three or four days of each other. Yeah, they are. They're super close this year. So we had to, we had to get some stuff out. So the first thing I did, big old pot of all beef, no beans, chili. So we love some chili. We cook chili at the house all the time. Um, and we cook it a bunch of different ways. Heck yeah. But for this recipe, you did something that you don't normally do, and that's grind your own meat. I did. Well, I was looking for chili grind, but I couldn't find man. What's chili grind? It's just a, so you know, when they grind meat, usually they pass it through the grinder one time on the die plate with the big hole. It's a little bit bigger diameter. Then they take it and they re-grind it again through a smaller hole. And it gives you 
it changes the texture of it, kind of spreads the fat content out, anything, but it's, it's, you know, it's finer. Yeah. So it's a, it's a fine. That becomes your first so, yeah. grind or what? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, that's, yeah. So this is basically first grind. First grind meat is what I call chili meat. Now, I mean, some people, you know, just chop up the meat for chili. Yeah. They would have just chopped up chuck meat, chuck roast, or, you know, sirloin and mixed with it. And you've but, done that. And before. I've done it. I, it's fine like that. It's, it's kind of, that's more like almost chili stewed. I know. I feel like it's more vegetable soupy. Yeah. Because the, you got those chunks of it. I want my, I want the, I want the chili to be kind of not smooth like a bisque or something like that, but it should have some texture, but you should be able be to tell the meat, but it should be consistent across yeah. it. And I feel like using that chili grind does that. And so I was like, you know what? You got me a meat ta- a meat grinder attachment for your KitchenAid years ago for Christmas. And I, I think I argued with it for a while that I didn't get that for Christmas, but it was, you said it's in the pantry. And so I remembered it being in there. So I said, <laughs> well, we're going to take that to the smokehouse and I'm just going to show people how easy it is. To grind your own meat. And that, I mean, you don't have to do it just for chili. Like if you, if you want to know what's going into your ground meat, buy a chuck roast, buy, you know, you can make it as lean, as fatty as you want. You can add more fat to it and you can really control it. And that way, you know, the meat going into ground. So when you buy a tube of ground beef at the grocery store, you don't know what's in it. Oh, you're getting all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I, so I had gone to Sam's the day before you were filming and they had some of the prettiest chuck roasts. Mm-hmm. I mean, they almost look like ribeyes. So we ended up using one of those. And I bought some sirloin that turned out to be not the sirloin you wanted. Yeah, because so you bought what did tip. I buy? Okay. Sirloin tip, which is, I mean, it's part of the sirloin. But it's it's not the, the tender lean part that I wanted. Okay. And so I wanted true sirloin steak. So what would we do with the sirloin tip? Because I packaged it and it's frozen. Um, I'll just cook it. I, you know what? It'll make some good tacos. Ooh, like throw it in the crock pot. Yeah, and cook it down. down. Yeah. Say it, Tyler. What's that style I like? I can't pronounce. <laughs> Bur- Wait, Bur- oh, oh Bur- yeah. yeah, there you go. It's like, what? <laughs> That's a- <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I pitched you, you one. I pitched you one. I figured you know what I was talking about. But, <laughs> but anyway, it would make some great tacos. And I, I'll make some more chili with it. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it, it would it would work. I was just wanting that contrast. Like if I was showing a video of how I'm using chuck roast and sirloin equal parts to get a good fat ratio that's not super fatty, didn't produce a ton of grease, but it had some fat in the chuck. And chuck roast, you know, it's got some pretty good fat. So you did not drain your I did. I didn't grain it at all. Chili. I didn't think it needed it. I mean, it had some moisture in there and it had some fat, but it, you need some of that to get some flavor. And that got me thinking, you know, I had said something on the podcast last season. I'm seeing these over-the-top chilies and people letting the grease – Go in there, and I get it. If you're using, if you're using a meat that's not too fatty, you want some of that in there, so that's got to be good. But if it's something like you know, you've got a lot of fat raining down in it, I wouldn't want all that in my chili. Well, when I make chili, my recipe that I use all the time is sausage and ground beef. Yeah, which Just has a fattier about, content. It though. does, and I almost always have to drain yeah. it. If you put if you put ground pork in it, is especially supermarket sausage, it's going to be fatty. Yeah. You're going to have a lot of grease, and if you cooked all that in there. It would just, it gives you a weird mouthfeel when it cools off some, that fat, you know, just kind of gets greasy. Yeah. I mean, it really, that's the best way to describe it. It's a greasy mouthfeel. I don't want that. So you think it's a judgment call when you come to. I just think you need to, mm-hmm. you want some fat, but you don't need a ton. Yeah. And then, but I'll, I like throwing my vegetables in there with the meat, not draining it, letting it all cook in that juice. Cause you're not trying to caramelize your vegetables for chili. You're just wanting to soften them. And so the onions go in two or three minutes, put your diced chilies, your garlic in there. Or if you want to use fresh peppers, throw those in there with the onions. I mean, 
Any any can, chance I can cook my veg in some sort of meat fat? Yeah, you're doing, doing it. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the one the one thing I did with that chili meat in the grinder now was I seasoned, I cubed up the meats into similar size cubes, kind of hand mixed them, and then seasoned it with some chili seasoning, the bonafide chili seasoning right there. So when it runs through that grinder, that meat, that seasoning's getting ground into the meat. So it automatically has a pretty good chili flavor. That's a now good st- idea. Yeah. yeah. Now you still got to use more chili seasoning to make your chili, but it already gets that flavor going in the meat so that every bite's going to have that flavor. Do you think grinding your meat gives you a beefier flavor? I don't know if it gives you a beefier flavor. I think, I mean, I just think you get a better consistency of what that ground meat's like because you started with these bigger cuts and you cut it down and ground it yourself as opposed to just buying something off the shelf. Yeah. Why no beans? Well, because I knew it's controversial. <laughs> every time I put beans in chili, two reasons. Every time I put beans in chili, somebody's going to say, beans don't go in chili. So there's a lot of bean haters out there. There's a lot of no bean eaters for chili. I myself, I don't know. I mean, the only time I've ever had chili with no beans is like when it's on a dog, like chili. And it's, you know, like a Sonic. there's nothing wrong with it. Nothing. Yeah. That's a great example. Like Sonic chili. Oh, canned chili. Or, but or canned chili or, you know, ballpark chili. Most of them, I don't have beans in it. I'm cool with it. I don't have to have beans in it. And so I was like, well, let's just make it all beef. No beans chili. It's simple. It really is simple. There wasn't a ton of ingredients yeah. to it. And it's just about cook, letting it cook down. Letting some of that moisture simmer down, reduce down, and it concentrate those flavors. And that's, I mean, you don't get any easier than making a, a big old pot of chili like that. Now, you, now you're the one of the people that always said you don't like beans and chili. And I remember you've told me before that your mom would take you out some and then put the beans in it. But, you know, I would ask for that. Oh, she would never do it. <laughs> would you try to go over there and do it? Yeah, I'd try to like, I'd always put the beans on the side. Yeah. Like, like, you pick, know, pick through it, my yeah. little bowl, have them on the side. But, I mean, me I never like that texture. You know, a chili, to me, chili's good, and it's got this great texture, and then you bite into this old, mushy old bean. Yeah, see, I love beans, though. Yeah. I add them to the chili now, and they're pretty good. But the next the next I chili will. video I do, I'm going to do all beans, no meat. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Vegetarian chili. I do How think. How do you think that would be? <laughs> I think it'd be gross. <laughs> Got a killer recipe for quinoa chili. Yeah. Have you, have you made it? Has Ashley made that for you? Oh, yeah. Quinoa oh, I thought you chili. were joking. No, it's a what regular recipe in my house. What is quinoa? Grain? I guess. I I just, I mean, it's actually not bad. The flavor is pretty good. It tastes yeah. like chili. But it's got that weird How would you make texture? a no meat chili? I don't know. You could do Would it just be a pot of beans, chili style? So it'd be like ranch beans? So I guess you could use mushrooms. I never had mushroom and chili, though, but. Tofu? Uh, that wouldn't work. There's impossible meat. No, absolutely. <laughs> that stuff's horrendous. <laughs> I would not use that. I don't know. There's got to be a way to do it. All beans, no meat chili. I will say one thing that I have learned is if you wait to the last minute, like 20, 30 minutes before you serve your chili to add your beans and just let them sit in there long enough to warm up to the same consistency of the chili, yeah. they have such better texture. I like them so much better. I think, like, if you put them in way too early, they get mushy and they don't have yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. One thing is beans will do your chili. Like, if you don't if you don't have it reduced good and you just, and you add your beans, it's going to thicken it. And you can mash some of them and thicken it. So I've done that before just when you needed it. But 
I do like how you add Worcestershire. I like how you add the beef yeah. concentrate. That's how I get my beefy flavor because I, I do. Man, I'm a firm believer in using these little concentrates you can buy at the grocery store now. They're basically like liquid forms of bouillon or beef, you know, concentrated flavor. I, mm. you know, and they are they're fantastic for for any kind of chili stew, soup, any kind of you know sauce that you're making or something like that to get some more essence of beef. They've got roasted garlic. They've got all these different ones. They've got. I mean, I think they even. Have, I know they have chicken. They may even have a pork flavored one. I don't know. I haven't seen a pork flavored one. They have a burger one with a yeah, garlic flavor, and it's really basically good. just beef with some garlic flavor. It's really good. But I like those things, man. I use them all the time. I use the ones for like anytime I'm doing chicken stock or using chicken stock yeah. or something. I always put a little squeeze of the chicken bouillon, or I guess it's not bouillon. It's it's base. I guess yeah, that's, that's how you base. call it. Yeah, it but just amps up that. It does robust flavor. It gives it depth. It gives it, it gives depth and richness. And I, even if I'm making a pan sauce, we're cooking regular dinner at night, and I, and I, and I know I'm going to use like deglaze the pan and make a little sauce to go with, say, pork chops or something. I'm going to add, I'll add a little bit of that chicken base in there mm-hmm. and just give it a, another little richness. I'll squirt it in it goes. vegetables too. Yeah. I never use it that much in vegetables, but I could see it. Like if you're making a pot of butter beans or something yeah. like that, you'll add some chicken. Just base. a little squirt of chicken. Yeah. Like you said, it just adds that. Extra depth. And they do have a vegetable base too. I've seen that. Yeah. But is it in the refrigerator aisle? Or no, no. It's uh, it's where the. Uh, it's in the soup section. Okay. Like when you would find chicken stock. Yeah. It's typically on the higher. Um, very top. On the very top of that. And it's like a little squeezy bottles. They have a couple different brands, but Kitchen Accomplice is the one that we use the most. Yeah. yeah. So that's what Kroger has. Yeah. Nor makes a lot of them in the little Nor, cups. Nor, yeah. Um, but there's. Wherever your soup bases and things like that are is usually where it's at in the grocery store. Awesome. And they, I don't think they go bad. Like or wherever the just, bullions are, it's going to be with all the cube bullion and all that stuff. I don't know. I mean, do they go bad? I don't know. I usually use them for the. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like the better than bullion stuff too, but it's like a paste. It's not squeezy. Yeah. You know, you got to take it out so yeah. quick. Yeah. It's like instant flavor. You also made um, chili crackers to go with. Yeah. And this was kind of an idea we just had like this weekend, maybe. So everybody, everybody eats crackers with chili, right? That's pretty much standard. I'd say so. I, mean, I know some people eat cornbread, and I don't know. That's probably the two things that I would think people eat. I don't know if anybody eats biscuits with chili. But cracker, know, crackers has been what I've ate all my life. In Arkansas, we had cinnamon rolls, but that wasn't, they just went along with chili. But crackers, and they're usually just, Plain saltines, but we took them to another level. Why serve <laughs> a plain? Why serve a plain cracker when you can get flavor in that cracker? Well, you had been making the. We have these little uh, cracker seasoning. Uh, they're called party crackers, or something. Like it's that. like we were selling them in the store. It's like seasoning packs for crackers. Yeah, so you just put a little oil with a seasoning pack, pour it over your a box of saltines, toss it. I think everybody's seen these yeah. spicy crackers. You mm-hmm. know. You toss it around for an hour in a bag or a container, and then you serve them. And they're just spiced up crackers. Yeah. And you got the idea to use your chili seasoning. Instead of one of them packets. Yeah, and just make chili crackers. And it works. It was so really good. good. It's like half a cup of canola oil and then a couple of tablespoons. I think it was chili. three. Yeah, of the three chili seasoning. Three tablespoons of the chili seasoning. And then you just open up a pack of crackers, throw them all in a big Tupperware bowl or 
beat bag if you got one and kind of big you, you need plenty of room to kind of be able to flip them around and let all that oil chili oil get all over them but after an hour they're ready to go then you just take them up and serve them they'd be good with the oyster crackers i've, I've had oyster mm-hmm. crackers that way because a lot of people do eat oyster crackers with chili where do you stand regular um, saltine seasoned saltine or oyster cracker i'd go seasoned saltine that's a, I think it's better. Yeah. I like the guacamole ones too. They, that, they that do have a guacamole season. They're spicy guacamole. Yeah. They're, they'll light you up too. <laughs> um, so we all, you, we also got a quick little video of you taking one of your chili crackers, putting a little smear of blue plate on it, and then putting a little chili on it and trying it. It was really good. I mean, is that your honest opinion? Or it's you? really good. It's blue plate. It's really good. <laughs> This is something you do. I've seen you do it. And I, cause normally when I eat chili, if I'm going to add something creamy, it's going to be sour cream. Some people <laughs> that I know will do mayonnaise, blue plate mayonnaise in particular, instead of sour cream. It's and not, I've always thought it was weird. It's not instead of sour cream. Oh, you do sour cream and blue plate? No. <laughs> I just don't use as much mayonnaise as you use oh. sour cream. So it's just a little smear. You smear it on a cracker and then you put the chili on it and then you bite it. And, and how good is it? It's good. <laughs> it's real good. It's real good. <laughs> I can say that honestly. It's good. How honestly? You can't tell me it did not give it a little zip, a little creaminess. Yes, but it don't go with chili. <laughs> Like, if I'm eating a chili dog, I'm not putting... Are you putting mayonnaise on a chili dog? I mean, I have before. I could see mustard on that cracker being really good. Like mustard and then chili. Because I put mustard on a chili dog. A little white onion over the top. That would be okay, but no. I am not... You, you're you probably not going to catch me ever doing that again. <laughs> put it that way. It's good. It's good. <laughs> Will I do it again? Probably won't catch me doing that again. Um, I also did a chili video on my TikTok. Oh, yeah, but you just did a simple bona fide. Yeah, it's the chili. basic, simple yeah. bona fide chili recipe. So if you want, if you just looking for a different quick. Which one's chili your recipe. favorite of all the chilies? Do you have a favorite? I mean, no, they're all good. I like the white chicken chili. Oh, I like the kind of the beefy chili you did this week. It was really good. It was really good on a chili dog. Yeah. And uh, I think that's where it shines, really. Yeah. And I, I mean, the one we do at home all the time. That's the one I did the recipe of. That's pretty much. It's a that's good my standard. Favorite. That's basic. my favorite. One. Is that your favorite? It's pork and beef. It's beans. It's got it all in there. And then serve it up. And you got all your toppings you can put on it however you like them. And then serve it with crackers. That's that's the best. My second one would be the white chicken chili. But I almost don't consider that chili. Yeah. yeah I agree. It has meat in it. It has chili it has flavorings. beans in it. It has. I guess that's the only common ingredient. I mean, the common ingredient to me in it's onion and cumin, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it has Other than flavor, that, it's, but... I mean, does, it have, does it have milk in it? Or it's got cream cheese? Yeah, it's got... I mean, it's got all the good stuff, but it's just... It's it... not... It's more like chili-flavored cheesy chicken soup. Yes. With beans. With white beans. I agree. And it's delicious. Don't get me wrong. But we call it white chicken chili. It still will win a chili contest. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it will, hands down, because you got all these bowls of red, and then you got this one that's like all this delicious cheese melted into this soupy concoction with chicken. 
it's it's different, you know. Um, last weekend I cooked my first brisket. You did by I, myself. I was super impressed, Shell. Were you really? I was. You paid attention all these years. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't do much to it. No. Well, that's the key to brisket, right? Yeah, it is. It, it, I found that out over all the years cooking. The least you do to stuff, usually the better it turns out. I was at Sam's. They had a brisket on sale. I picked it up on one side, and it felt like just butter in the package. But okay. this was just a flat. It Did you know it was flat. just a flat? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I knew it was just It was just like flat. a 10 and a half pound flat. But I was thinking, huge. I didn't want to cook. I, I would have been a little too intimidated to cook the whole one, I think. it. The reason it was a flat made it even more attractive to me to cook. I was like, you know what? I'm going to cook this brisket. <laughs> so I bought it, seasoned it up. We cooked it on the mammoth overnight. Yeah, you went out, turned it on. What'd you put? Do you remember what you put it on? Like, 225. 225. You had to help me set up the mammoth. So right. that's a brand new I showed new you grill. how to turn it on. Yeah. Hey, it's a brand new you, vertical grill from Grilla. What do you think about it? Oh, it's awesome. Uh, wait, let people cook on it. It's a man, it's. I'm not going to say it's a game changer for pellet grills, but it's unlike any other out there because you got the vertical cooking aspect on it and you can put a water pan in it and you can put uh, wood on top of the burner, you know, the little pellet burner. It's got a little tray for wood. You I can didn't burn know that. chunks or chips to get even more smoke flavor. But man, the thing generates so much smoke flavor. I was it, really impressed with what it did. It holds a ton of pellets so the cook time on it forever. Yeah, it's like a 40 pound hopper. I was yeah. super impressed by that. It's, oh, I. It, it I looked in the hopper to see if I was like, oh, this is almost empty because it looked kind of far down in there. And then I looked around and I saw how much was Three quarter full. Yeah. <laughs> it was mostly full. So you put that brisket on at three o'clock, three o'clock, one afternoon. And you let it go. We checked on it. What time did you get up and check on it? Six or seven a.m.? I checked on it before I we went to bed. Oh, yeah. Ten ish. Just was, put my eyes on fine. it. It's fine. And then, um, yeah, I woke up seven. I went out there and checked on it. And it was about it was, where you wanted it. Um, It was 168. It was 170. That's where you want to wrap it, though. Yeah. And so you, you wrapped it up. You put in, you, you didn't, you just basic seasoned it. Like you didn't inject it or anything like oh, that. Oh, no. Didn't no. do much trimming on it. Mm-mm. You helped me do a little trimming. I didn't really trim anything. It took off a little oxidized meat off the edge. The more I'm talking about this, the less the more I'm realizing I really didn't cook it by myself. <laughs> well, I was trying to coach you. <laughs> I knew what you were doing the whole time. I wouldn't. I wouldn't let you stray too far. But you did put it on, and you did check on it, and you did get it at one seventy, and you did wrap it in full, and then you put it back on. You had it probed the whole time, and there's a little. That's the good thing about that. Grilla Grill's got two places for probes, so you just watch it the whole time. But um, I don't think it has Wi-Fi. I didn't even mess with that. But you took it off when it got what? Was I went hunting? It was. I was like, I was, I was hunting the whole time. Like I was hunting that morning. I was hunting that evening. I wouldn't, you know. It was two o two, and I probed it. In some spots, it was hitting two twelve. So yeah, and it felt like butter. So so that was about what ten eleven. Yeah, it was around ten thirty ish. I threw it in a island breeze cooler. <laughs> And let it champion a brisket holder and let it hang out for until about six o'clock that night. Pulled it out, sliced it. It was really, really good. It was juicy. It was very juicy, tender. The smoke ring on it was, yep. Oh, quarter inch or more. I don't know if you'd have known it was cooked on a pellet. Yeah. 
the, yeah. it had a really good flavor. And I know we cooked it low and slow and overnight and stuff, but. It was good. Uh, hands down, that was a fine brisket flat. I'd let you do that anytime you want to. <laughs> I still got a few few pieces of it in the refrigerator I've been snacking on. <laughs> yeah. The little end piece. They did mm. crumble on the edges. But all, well, when you don't trim it, like comp trim it, yeah. you're going to get that crumbly. So you got a choice. Either when you get ready to cut it, you can dock all that and just get smooth, even pieces. Or you can trim it and let those pieces crumble out, and that's your burn ends. I mean, that's yeah. burn edges, basically. All that crumb. I love all that crumbly Me stuff. Too. And you want to talk about like a good sandwich? You get that contrast texture where it's a little crunchy on the outside. But yeah. You get the tender, fatty pieces of it. It usually has the most flavor because it's yeah. gotten the most smoke and mm-hmm. seasoning and stuff. I don't mind it. Mm-mm. That's kind of like Pitmaster snacks right there. That's what the, whoever's cutting it up gets to eat on those. Yeah. We'll keep that to the side. <laughs> we can't sell that. We don't serve that. That's that's going in my pile. Real quick, um, we are doing a giveaway in our community, our Let's Get to Cooking community. Where is this community? On Facebook. All right. It's on facebook.com <laughs> forward slash group forward slash H2Q community. Uh, if you go to the pin post at the top, you guys, if you're listening to this on Friday, you have until Monday to enter this. If you go in the comments, we're just looking for great wing recipes. We want to see what y'all's go-to wing recipe for the game is. Go ahead and pop George straight on here. Um, <laughs> we're gonna what pick- kind do you think George likes? <laughs> he looks like a honey habanero kind of guy. Okay. I, <laughs> I was going to go TX brisket rub wing. We're just trying to celebrate the Super Bowl, uh, see all y'all's favorite go-to wing recipes. And so we're going to pick 10 random commenters on Monday, February the 5th at 8.59 a.m. Central Standard Time. And you're going to win a Super Wing Bundle, which includes the AP rub. Hot rub, barbecue sauce, vinegar sauce, spicy garlic pickles, and a burn them down hot sauce. Man, you'd be ready for the Super Bowl. That's what it is, Super Bowl pack. Heck yeah. Can we say And we're giving that away to 10 people. Yep. Can we say Super Bowl on here, Tyler? I guess we can. Uh, No. What are they going to do? Yeah. Come after (laughs) us. Mute you. They're going to mute you. Take the volume off your videos like they've done on our TikToks. Um, One question. I thought this was a really good question. Um, from the community before we wrap up there's a lot to prep yeah. this <laughs> okay um, Malcolm has often indicated that prefers low and slow on big meats but I want to get his thought on the recent success of these people cooking hot and fast in the competition world he specifically pointed out like the blues hog cooking on drums yeah but oh. they do it on stick burners. Mark does it on Heck stick burners. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a thing. I think it's guys just want to get sleep. They don't stay up, want to stay up and cook all night anymore. So they kind of started doing that. And those, I don't know if they they didn't really invent the hot and fast because there's guys doing it, but they pretty much. Heck, Myron's it. been doing it since. Yeah, we, he's, yeah, he cooks hot and fast too. But yeah, they uh, I, man, there's it works, it works. But I will say this about hot and fast. Most of the time, what you don't see or a lot of them don't tell you is they're cutting that meat way down, too. They're taking a 20-pound brisket and cutting it down to, you know, five, six pounds. pounds, Just the flat. Just I mean, I'm talking, it'll be the size of this. I don't even know if y'all can see what I got here, but it's my notepad. That would just be the flat. It'd sit inside that. It's small. And They're cooking that, and they're cooking it, you know, in four or five hours. Now, they are, you know, they're cutting ribs down, eight. Maybe 10 bones, but they're cooking those three hours. Chicken, I mean, we always cook chicken hot and fast. But, um, but and, and money, they've butt. got them down to just cooking money muscles. And they're, the butt, when they, were, when they were cooking whole butts, they weren't really whole butts. They weren't 10-pound whole butts. They were trimming a lot of it down. So 
you know, when the meat gets smaller, yeah, you can cook it hot and faster. Is it as good? It gets it, it gets, you get enough off of it for contests to turn in some really good meat. But I guarantee you from end to end, that piece is not near as good if you cook it low and slow. There's no way. I've always. I bet they would agree with you too. Yeah, I'm sure they would. Yeah. I mean, some pieces like chicken's fine. I mean, you know, I I cook hot chicken all the time. It does way better cooking it at higher temps than it does low and slow. But the bigger meat, the bigger cuts of meats, like your briskets, like your pork butts, even your ribs, the ribs are kind of, you know, they're okay. They're 275 all day, any day. But those bigger pieces of meat, man, I, I love cooking them low and slow and letting them rest a long time. Not hurting But you're them usually up. taking that meat and yeah. feeding a lot of people. You need the most maximum yield out of it. You, cook a, you try to cook a 20-pound brisket, not trimmed up very much, cook it hot and fast. It will not turn out near as good as one that's been cooked slow and rested. And they also are doing a lot to it. They're injecting it. They're wrapping it. Yeah. They're saucing it. Staying with it the whole time. Flipping yeah. it, turning it. I mean, staying with it. Does it turn out good? Yeah. It wins contests. Flat wins. But contests ain't the I mean, I don't I ain't cooked them any of them lately, so I can't speak to it. But it's changed. It's changed a lot from what they're turning in now to what used people used to cook barbecue. I ain't saying it's wrong or right or anything. Is it? I mean, I'm just that's that's kind of my take on it. You can definitely get it cooked like that. I wouldn't say it's better, but I like my sleep too. So I'd probably be cooking hot and fast. Yeah, I was thinking to say if you were out there competing, you'd I mean, be hot yeah, and fast. I'd be hot and fast now. I mean, we used to we used to put stuff on seven eight o'clock and stay up all night with it. But I mean, those days are over for most people. Most people don't do that anymore. They'll get up at four thirty five o'clock, fire the pits up, and go to cooking and have it all come off and not have a rest time in it. Um, someone <clears> didn't uh, was asking in the community about how to cook hog gel. And I had to chime in and let them know. How'd you tell them? Uh, in the oven, in the just oven, like yeah. bacon, but it's going to take a little bit longer. Yeah. But or, some people had never even heard about hogdale, and that's kind of uh, like a. I didn't know about hogdale until I met you. Do me a favor. Go to Burgers B U R G E R S. Um, I don't know if it's Burgers dot com. Burgers Smokehouse. Burgers Smokehouse, and they have they have peppered hogdale, they have regular hogdale. All oh, their bacon's great too. And they don't, I, I buy from these people. They don't pay me oh, no, anything. We, this yeah. is, we use them for Christmas <clears throat> presents. Yeah. And I, we send out a lot of Christmas You get presents. a one pound pack of sliced hog gel and you cook it like Shell says in the oven on some aluminum foil. You can cover it with a little aluminum foil to get it started and uncover it about halfway. Turn it to pieces where they get an even cook on both sides. It cooks in its own fat as it starts rendering down in the oven and it is phenomenal. Better than bacon. Better you than think bacon. If you like bacon. You'll love it. <laughs> now there are now there is some like you got to don't buy the wine with the rind on that because everybody says oh that rind's so hard you can't eat. yeah it's the rind <laughs> <laughs> why would you I don't even know why you would buy that because it's just the way old people anything else. yeah and they would throw it in season because you can use it to season vegetables too it's great for that but this is fully smoked and cured just like bacon hog jowl and when it's sliced it looks very similar I mean the pieces are a lot wider and they're a little shorter. But it will look; it'll resemble bacon because you're going to see that lean, you're going to see that fat line, and all that, it's, and it gets golden brown and super crispy and really good. Sometimes some brands I've had um, are saltier than others, just because I guess of the yeah. curing process, the way people do it. Bacon's that Burgers kind of is, is is good. I mean, it's as good. It's probably better than um, what's the brand of bacon that I really like. Right, right, yeah. The, the hog gel, the burgers hog gel, way better than rice bacon. And I love rice bacon. <laughs> yeah, I agree. 
It is fantastic. I have had some um, hog jowl. Not that it was bad, but it was really salty. And yeah. the rind kind of stinks. But you can just nibble around the rind, the rind if you get a good piece. Yeah. You know? Well, you just got to spit that rind out because it's hard. I will say this. I had some Koneka bacon that, that Matt Vishernox brought me. Man, it was so good. I didn't get to try that. You didn't get to try the Koneka? Mm-mm. You're kind of picky, but I thought you weren't a Koneka. Their bacon. I like some of their sausage. I mean, it's not as good as country pleasing, but they've got this sausage. It's like a smaller link and it's not as smoky and it's really good. And then they had like a holiday blend that Matt bought and it was dang good too. It wasn't too smoky. I've, I like the Kaneka sausage. Yeah, I do too, but I, I mean, it'll overpower. Like you try to put it in a pot of crawfish, your whole pot of crawfish <laughs> yeah, is smoky. Yeah. You can't do it. But just on its own or you put it in a dish, it's going to get that dish smoky. But it's standalone. It's good. Makes a good sauce and cheese plate. Yeah. Is it better in country pleasing from Florence, Mississippi? No. Nope. Nowhere close. But that's what I like. That's what's <laughs> great about it. You can like what you like, and I can like what I like. But try hog jowl if you haven't. Yeah. yeah. Well, would you put would you put blue plate mayonnaise and make a BLT with hog? Oh, that might be a video. That sounds delicious. <laughs> BLT video. <laughs> hog jowl. Because it's crispier than bacon, you know? You yeah. get more of a crunch. Let's do yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to have some good tomatoes. Yeah. It ain't tomato season yet. Yeah. i got a little ways to go on that. Well, it's good to be back in the swing of things. Good to be back. Knock the rust off. That's all we, I have for you today. We're good, So we'll get the podcast in next week. Uh, can we talk about Super Bowl? <laughs> I had it on my list. That's all I wanted to talk about today. I thought we'd talk about it next week. Yeah, it'll be the perfect week, too. Yeah. And then that next week, we will be out, right? No, we'll have one more week. Okay. And then we'll be out. And then we'll be out the next week. Because it's Shell's vacation. <laughs> <laughs> she lets me hunt. I take her to the island. Can't beat that deal. Best of both worlds for me. It kind of sucks for you. You get. I was going to say you get four months. Yeah, I get one week. You need to have a. We need to let you vent about deer season. Do you absolutely just hate it? I mean, at this point, I'm kind of used to living alone. I've kind of got a system and single parent. It's not much different than going out doing barbecue contest. <laughs> gone, gone every weekend. My favorite thing from film week this week was. You were like, hey, so you haven't really been around on Thursdays, but we do Lenny. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, dang. That was a low, that was a good low blow, Tyler. Like, that got me right in the guts with that one. I like really to get them in when I can. You do. I just take them. I just take them lumps. Because I know I deserve it. I have been absent. Take it out on those deer. <laughs> this weekend is the first weekend you do not have something planned since September. Michael's got a dance Saturday. <laughs> yeah, but, a, but I, I, yeah, I don't have it planned. You're not oh. traveling. You're not. You're going to be at home, and it's. I mean, you were at home for Christmas weekend. That's it. Probably the only weekend I've been at the house since September. Not since September. When did dove season start? I hadn't been every single weekend, like in October. We were so busy in October, I didn't even get to go to camp. We did have to do some traveling in October. Yeah, yeah. I would say since Thanksgiving, I probably haven't been home on a weekend. All of November. Not all of November? Yeah. We went to state. Oh, yeah. We did go. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, folks, that's going to do it for the first episode before she lights my head off. So. Tyler, tell them where they can find us. Head on over to Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and I think MySpace. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and make sure y'all head on over to the Let's Get to Cooking community and enter that Super Wing giveaway. And if you don't win this one, don't fret because we do giveaways all year long. So. Go there, hang All out. Right. If you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's how to BBQ Ride on Facebook, Instagram. Y'all know. Um, I'm Miss Southern Shell on TikTok. Go look at my chili video. All right. <laughs> I'm going to go look at it too. <laughs> well, for George Strait, Tyler Shell, and me, Malcolm Reed, we'll see y'all next week. We gone. <laughs>